right, everyone, we are here for another amazing episode of Black Coffee with a Side of Candor. I'm the co-host, Nikita Gadsden, always here with my girl, Mo. What's going on, Mo? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Super excited as usual. Yes. <laughs> Guess what, y'all? We got another yes. guest host Ooh. here. We're so excited. This is our second guest on, on our podcast, and we're so incredibly excited to have the amazing Melody Henderson of Melody J. Henderson, Attorney at Law, LLC. Yes. She is the sole practitioner, managing counsel, and consultant of this, her very own practice, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Melody, to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Nikita, for that beautiful introduction. Thank you, Mo. Thank you guys for having me on Black Coffee with a Side of Candy. I'm a fan. Yes. <laughs> and I'm excited to get into this conversation today. Yes. And today, what are we talking about today, Mo? Girl, we're talking about corporate PTSD. Mm. You know, typically PTSD is associated with folks in the military. You know, when right. you go into a war zone and, and you, you your, your life is always on the line, you hear a bomb, you got to drop. Then when you get home, your body still reacts yeah. to a, a loud noise or, you know, it's stressful. Uh, but today we're talking about corporate post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. So I want to start with giving what I found online, just a definition of PTSD, a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. The condition may last months or years with triggers that can bring back memories of the trauma accompanied by intense emotional and physical reactions. Wow. So... Wow. Well, I, I don't want to, because I'm I'm so ready to you jump know, in, y'all. Well, I mean, that that's 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 a very um insightful definition, and it helps us to give context to what people go to, even in the military and even outside of the military, when they've witnessed and experienced something traumatic. Um, but there are people that are having this conversation about corporate PTSD, and people call it different things. I found an article on lattice, I don't know, L-A-T-T-I-C-E. Is that pronounced lattice? Lattice, lattice I think. Lattice, okay. Um, lattice any way we want to. That call it lattice, I, lattice. I spelled it, y'all go find it. Um, <laughs> but the, the article was entitled, What is Workplace PTSD and How Can You Support Your Employees Who Suffer From It? And a section of the article stated that uh, Joyce Martyr, who is a licensed psychotherapist and author of The Financial Mindset Fix, a mental fitness program for an abundant life, she said that workplace PTSD is characterized by the different emotional, cognitive, and physical challenges that people experience when they have difficulty coping with negative, abusive, or traumatic aspects of their jobs. So... You know, if someone is doing that level of study on people's experiences in a negative context that's happening in the workplace, I have to believe it's not just three of us sitting on this podcast that that oh, are, are dealing with, have dealt with, or, ha or know people that have dealt with what we're characterizing as corporate or workplace PTSD. So I want to kind of kick off the discussion with a question about our context, what do Black women in this thing called corporate America, how do we experience, um, what, are our, what are our experiences that lead to this thing that we know as 
corporate or workplace PTSD. So to give us, you know, as good manners and good hosts, we're going to let our guests chime in first. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, girl, I made a list because I had to think about some things. And, you know, having been, you know, I had my first corporate job when I was 16. And um, so, you know, having spent a lot of years in corporate America, I've seen a lot. Um, and I know that Black women do experience quite a bit um, from everything from sexual harassment to um, I think one of the popular terms now is being gaslit, mm -hmm. right? When when we say we experience racism, mm -hmm. uh, we get gaslit, mm -hmm. uh, being passed over for promotion by, um, you know, mediocre white men mm -hmm. who we are more qualified than. Um, ooh, oh, here, here's a good one. Being required to teach diversity and equity so mm. that we can benefit <laughs> from diversity and equity mm -hmm. practices. <laughs> oh, and during the pandemic, we had to do all this and still show up when people are being, you know, uh, murdered on the internet. People mm -hmm. who look like us are being mm -hmm. murdered by the police and they're showing up in our feeds. We still have to show up and do all of these and experience all these things with a smile, not to mention the microaggressions. But I I'll leave some, a little, there, there's, I'm sure there's more, but those are the main ones that I thought, okay, these are some things that have caused trauma within myself. Yeah. And I know that some of my colleagues and friends and family have experienced some of the same things. You know, and you, you touched on a, many things that I, I relate to, but something specific, I can recall being at work during, after having witnessed the murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And it's like nothing happened. It's this lack of sensitivity to how these things affect and impact the people who look like those that have been um, murdered. It's its trauma. Even if we didn't know them personally, even if we were not there in person to experience it, um, the expectation that you just carry on as if nothing happened without a question of how are you? Do you need a moment? Take or just take it. Take the moment. Um, that, that That's it's nothing that we think of that contributes to our trauma, but but it is because it's a lack of awareness and sensitivity to what you may be feeling. It's like, mm -hmm. whatever, deal with it and, and keep on cranking out these things that we need you to crank out. Um, but yeah, the, all of those things, I would add um, having to overperform, having to monitor the volume and tone of your voice in a way that makes your presence more palatable. So it requires you to alter your authentic self every day. You mean you can't really bring your whole self to work? Ooh, no, I got to take <laughs> off, like, I got to bring like three, I don't know, can we even bring like three, four? But, but can, you, know, you can be your authentic self. Mm. See, they don't want me to come in with these nails, though. They don't want me to come in with these green nails. This is my authentic self. Look, yeah. they don't want me to come in with 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 my, you know, they want that corporate speak. They only want a little bit of you. They don't want right. the whole you. They don't want the whole thing. So, so Melody, I want to ask, because you've got a phenomenal corporate experience. Your resume is spectacular. You. you know, Fortune 500 companies, uh, attorney, highly educated, just the finest in bad assery. Oh, 
Um, <laughs> I love it. So, so, so what, what I'm curious, what were some of the type of things that we've already talked about that, that, that lead to PTSD that you experienced? Oh, I got a good story for you, girl. Microaggressions, honey. Microaggressions mm. are a real thing. Mm -hmm. And Black people experience microaggressions every day in the yeah. corporate America. And it's subtle racism. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's. I mean, in the Trump era, people just got aggressive. Yeah, um, yeah. But microaggressions have been a thing for a long time. And I remember I was working for a tech company. And I'm based in Atlanta, but I'm from Tacoma, Washington, okay? okay. I, every time I told people I was from Tacoma, Washington and Atlanta, Georgia, they say, are there Black people there? Say yes, my family has been there. My family moved there in the late 1800s. So I have generations of family in Washington. But anyway, I was homesick. So I, I transferred offices to the Bellevue, uh, Washington. Now, if you, if you are not familiar, Bellevue is a suburb of Seattle. And um, so, you know, I was trying to get closer to home. And I was so excited because I was homesick. And on my first day in the office, um, one of the, the way most tech companies are set up is they have cubicles. A lot of, there's a lot of cubicles, right? They want people to be collaborative. But in that office, the attorneys had offices, right? With glass windows and there were very limited offices. Um, when I showed up on that day, people started to walk past my office. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an early morning girl. So I was an early bird and I was unpacking boxes that I'd ship there. And I, and people just kept walking past, looking at me strangely, slowing down. Um, there was a big engineer base there. So a lot of um, um, Indian guys, um, uh, Asian, and they just kept slowing down and looking at me. Um, and then one guy, um, an engineer on the floor, white guy, came and popped his head in and said, um, um, are you, can I help you? Are you lost? I, 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 of course, got up because I'm ex I'm still excited and right. my joy of being home. I got up and went over and shook my hand. I said, hi, I'm Melody Henderson. I'm the new attorney in this office. And the look on their face, they were so flabbergasted because they couldn't believe that this little Black woman was sitting in an office, mm -hmm. okay, in, in Bellevue, Washington. And come to find out later, uh, they thought I was the help. Yeah, you was unpacking the box for somebody yeah, they thought, I, not only did they think I was the help, I also found out that I was the only Black person in that entire office. Aside wow. from Black woman, I was the only Black person in that office. So, of course, when I came in, they thought I was the help. So that's that's what I call subtle racism. And it's like, you know, they didn't realize that they were, you know, profiling me because I didn't look mm -hmm. like anybody in the office. I didn't, you know, I was this Black woman in the office. But, um, you know, it tickled me um, because... I got to know all of these people later throughout training and we, I had to train them for, uh, you know, in case the government came in and asked for documents, I did trainings throughout the whole facility. And when they really realized who I was, you know, just, just the look on their faces just brought me so much joy. Cause I'm like, yes, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And I'm a part of this group. So do it. Yeah. Stay with it. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to insert a definition from uh, Merriam-Webster. For anyone listening that might not be familiar what, with what a microaggression is, it is a comment or action that subtly or often unconsciously or unintentionally expresses a prejudiced attitude toward a member of a marginalized group, such as a racial minority. So to make the assumption that this melanated woman was not supposed to be in this office where attorneys sit is a microaggression. It's an action 
that subtly expresses your prejudice. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that that's a great example. Um, and and I try it. It does happen every day, and I try to we because it happens so often. We have to try really hard to see the good in people and their and 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 assume positive intent. Because I've experienced multiple times, I have two children, and when they were younger, we would travel, and people would say, "Oh my God, your kids—they're—they're they're so well behaved." <laughs> and, and and on his face, though, so I have to—I have to just try to take the words flat for what they are, as a as a as a um, compliment to my parenting skills. Not that you're surprised that these black kids are well behaved, but it's that kind of redundant picking that that kind of makes you start wondering what everyone is meaning when they say what they say mm-hmm. what do you think monique mm-hmm. yeah I, there there's so many to talk about there aren't enough hours on this call today but <laughs> you know one one of my favorite favorites that go along with that assumption is that i'm angry like i just walk around angry oh i can tell you're angry i could tell by the way you looked you were angry i could tell by the way you're breathing you're angry so the assumption that walking with purpose. I'm angry. <laughs> I was told I walked too hard. That is the crazy walking with purpose. purpose. <laughs> walking with purpose. I can tell. Don't tell me I'm angry because I promise you, if I were to ever allow myself to get angry at work, which I never have, you'd know it. You'd be the first to know it. Mm-hmm. So I was always criticized or told that I was angry at times that there really wasn't anything for me to be angry about. Melody, have you experienced that, that assumption that you're just angry? Oh yeah, um, and, and, and very, recent, very, very recently, because when I get serious, you know, uh, you know I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to be direct, um, I'm gonna be focused, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts and people, people think you're angry, but no, you just didn't know how to handle it. So, you know, I, I think it's really unfair. Um, though I agree with you, Nikita, we have to be able to respond in a way that, um, you know, is productive, right? Um, and also doesn't put us in a situation where we are, you know, extremely bothered, right? Mm-hmm. Because this thing is going to keep happening. It's going to, we're going to keep experiencing it. Um, but at the same time, let me teach you how to respond, you know, when I am communicating with you. And so, you know, I try my best when I come in a a corporate setting and people are getting to know me to tell them about who I am because I I don't sugarcoat. Um, And I think, I I think I'm doing you a disservice if I should, if I sugarcoat what Mm -hmm. I'm delivering to you. Um, This is one of my best skills. I am a negotiator and have been one for many years. And, you know, I just tell people who I am because I don't want y'all to get it twisted. I am not angry. I am direct. Right. <laughs> um, and so, yes, I, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a balance, you know, but certainly coming in, I think it's helpful to come in and just let people know who you are. Um, and then, and then, and then go hope and pray that they go with it and understand. Do you think that works out well for black women? To come in and just be direct and say, hey, this this is the problem as I see it, blah, blah, blah. Or do you think that there's, this is a setup question. I know you know you're an attorney. Or do you think that everyone assumes like, oh, okay, she's an attorney. She's just asking a very direct question. Yeah. No, I don't think it's, I don't think it, it's, it's assumed. Um, um, I think, you know, I think we as Black women 
we we a lot of times, and this is part of the PTSD, right? Uh, and I think Nikita said this, we tiptoe sometimes and, and really try to carefully craft how we say things because we don't want to be conceived a certain way. Um, and I have, I have been blessed to sort of always show up as my authentic self. I'm a fire sign and I kind of just don't know how to be any other way. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I've, I've been able to, I've been blessed to show up as my authentic self, but I know that there are people who are uncomfortable with that. Um, and I, over the years, I think I have become more comfortable with just being my authentic self. But I think in those early years, you know, it was tough. You have to figure out how to navigate. And you also have to read the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been learning that uh, a lot more, the reading the room and and knowing, okay, when this is not, this is not the place to show up, you know, as too bold, the bold authentic self, but this is the place to show up as your authentic self, maybe a little more conservatively. Um, and so, I mean, I think as Black women, we do that, but I love Black women, and I pray that we continue to show up and be who we are because our diverse voices are so important, and we are, and it should be valued. We are valued. I value us, and we should value us, and we should come to the table confident that that that's that's what needs to, we are who needs to be at the table. Yeah. If I could chime in real quick, I like, I like the idea of, you know, kind of pre-gaming a little bit. Hi, my name is Nikita. A little bit about me. I ask a lot of questions. It's how I learn. So if in this meeting you find me asking Mm -hmm. questions that you're not accustomed to dealing with, we can certainly take them offline, but please don't take this as an offense or as a suggestion of anything negative. Um, Things like that. I think think that could be helpful rather than a setup. I'm going to try it and see how that pans out. Or if you have a stronger voice, I tend to speak at a louder volume when I'm really engaged. This is <laughs> so I either let you know how to take me um, so that you don't walk away with any assumption. Now, if I done told you and you still want to act like it's a problem, then that's a you problem. Correct. I don't know what y'all think. I'm well, I'm gonna try that out and see. I'm affect, I'm gonna find my love. Well, yeah, I'm so I'm a fire I'm a fire sign too. Uh, <laughs> so so that that does not work for me. <laughs> I, I'm not prefacing. I'm not making apologies for who I am, who I was made to be and how my mama raised me, which was to be a strong and confident black woman. I know I'm not being disrespectful. I know that that my opinions are valuable because after hours, you're always up in my office. So don't expect me to show up in a way that makes you feel more comfortable. Right. Period. So, and I think for for me, that's why I have found much more success as an entrepreneur because now it's value. Oh, oh, I like her because she's strong. She's confident in her answers. Mm. Whereas for me, my experience in corporate America was I made everybody uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so, so to segue into we're dying, y'all. Black women are dying. I just read something yesterday about mm-hmm. there's 15 cancers that Black women are more predisposed to and are dying from. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. It's a problem. It's and a it's real stress. problem. It's stress. Yeah. It's yeah. stress. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, stress it from these corporate jobs. Stress from us holding ourselves, not speaking mm-hmm. too loud, not, not, not blinking in a meeting because we don't want anybody to think we're rolling our eyes. 
That stress is killing us. It's killing yes. us. It's killing us. It's causing you know, these diseases. You so know what how else is killing us? Mm-hmm. People saying that we are black girl magic and us and being and us being expected to produce magical things, honey, and, and take on everybody's problems. Ooh, that, mm-hmm. that, now that's another one. That's another one because you know why we we are conditioned to overperform. And so we walk in the door trying to do three jobs when we were hired to do one so that we can demonstrate our value. And then that becomes an expectation. Oh, you're so good at these three jobs. Let me give you two more. And so, yes, then we stressed as hell. We about to pass out. We get home. It's causing chaos at home. Mm -mm. Yeah, we we need to unlearn. I need to be magical and with, with a little less sequence and glitter <laughs> or something well this is my one little tip and then melanie i want to get, get your your expertise we already valuable we don't need to prove it we mm-hmm. don't need anybody to tell us we're Come already valuable yeah period period so that that's a huge shift in our mindset instead of thinking oh i gotta work 80 hours this week oh i gotta get another degree i already got five i'm gonna go right. get another degree we're already Value both. Right. Period. So, so Melody, what, what are your thoughts? How do, how do we get Girl, past? Yeah. I'm solid. Period. I'm like, we in this podcast on that, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. So I read um Tabitha Brown's book. Yes. Okay, it was a wonderful book. Yes. I, actually, I listened to it on the road. I listened to the audio book, and honey, I saw my auntie was talking to me, and that, that it just felt like you know, it just felt like family talking to me. But what she said was, she said, "You have to leave the table." When love is no longer being served. Mm, and mm. I'm a quitter. I mean, when I say I quit, I quit because I'm not taking nobody's stuff. Listen. I'm gonna try to keep it, I'm gonna try to keep it PG yeah. on here. Yeah. I, you know what? When people don't value you as um, you know, you don't you're not paid enough. We, you know, there's facts out there that we are paid less. Mm-hmm. There's facts out there that we are promoted less mm-hmm. um over our 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 you know, much lighter colleagues. Um, and this is, this is not, this is it's the equivalent of, or should I say the opposite of love? Okay. Right. That's why, that's why you have to learn to leave the table. Okay. Because, because you are valuable because you have an abundance of talent. We have an abundance of talent mm-hmm. and, um, and hustle and ambition yeah. and we are wonderful. And then the second thing is we have to do better with exercise and self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that self-care is self-preservation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I say, when I, when I say I quit, I'll quit when something is too stressful and I have no control over the stress. And if it's too much for me. So my mother died when she was 51. Okay. Of a mm-hmm. brain aneurysm. She was a go-getter, Firestein like me. Um, she was the executive director of the nonprofit. Um, and she wasn't sick. Um, but she was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And I think, a lot of times, uh, you know, with that overperformance and that taking on everything, we forget that we needed to negotiate that spa package in our <laughs> conversation. Okay. We mm-hmm. forgot that we need to show up at the gym like it's our job. It's That's our right. job to take care of, to take care of our temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think self-care is and, and I haven't always been great with self-care, but I'm getting better at it. And it is something that we all, I guess, need to work on, um, you know, to, to, to be well. Um, and I know it's a big thing that everybody's talking about right now. Um, 
but your mental, spiritual, and physical health, um, that's that's the only way that you recover from that trauma or that you start to heal, should I say, from that trauma. Yeah, and it's so funny. I'm listening to it too. And just a plug for the book, it's Tabitha Brown, Feeding the Soul. Is that, is that the same one? I don't know. If yes, yes. Yeah, that. I'm going to have to read it. Fabulous. Oh my God. And, and she's so just baby. Like, yeah. Or something. I mean, just mm -hmm. it's fabulous. So great, great plug for, for her book. Yeah. Another quick plug for Tabitha. She just, she does feel like auntie. Like you listen to <laughs> yes. her. And even in her Instagram post, she's like, I know you're not okay, but mm -hmm. you're going to be okay. You know? Yes. And and sometimes all it takes is somebody to just acknowledge where you are. Stop telling me to do more. Stop telling me. Yes, tell me it's going to be okay, but acknowledge mm -hmm. the, the where I am right now too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 I'm starting to see that because I think based on our historical circumstances of purposefully not being given enough so that we all mm -hmm. fight over that little piece of land when there's 54 acres behind right. us. We still, we got, we're, we're slowly getting out of that mindset. Like, I don't need to fight with that sister Melody because we both can make it to the top. Exactly. We can pull up Nikita. We can put, now there might be some convert. Well, why are you just going after people that look like you? Well, because that's the kind of environment we've been in. That's right. So I, I'm starting to see that community yeah. because mm -hmm. we're, people go, oh, you're so strong. That strength is killing us. That, mm -hmm. that, that impression that we can take... I, I saw another report that the thought that we can uh, take more pain, we have a higher pain tolerance than other races. Like, what Why? kind of we foolishness is that? What kind of foolishness is that? No, we yeah, can't. No. no. We're, we're made to, to, to thrive off of community. And I love that I'm starting to see, you know, Black women coming together. What can I do to help you? How can I, can I introduce you to a client? Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. There's another um, book out there that I just, an uh, audio book that I just listened to. I can't think of, I can't remember the name of it, but it's by Austin Channing Brown. And um, she talks about her experience working at a prim uh, primarily white organization. And it's funny, um, it's, you know, kind of like if you think about uh, the, if you guys watch the Issa Rae show, Insecure, how mm -hmm. she worked at a kind of all white organization that was servicing black people, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? The black mm -hmm. community. And she, uh, in that book gives tips for um, how to survive in an, the organization when you're dealing with lots of microaggressions and you being the only black person there who's qualified to do your job. And mm -hmm. she gave some really good tips in there. Um, but reading that book made me think of, um, I, and I just had one more story to tell about an experience um, and, and some advice that, that I've gotten from a colleague, um, which is to document your experiences with microaggressions and things of that nature. Um, because when it gets out of hand, you you have you have leverage to go to HR and say, this is happening. Mm -hmm. No need to gaslight me anymore. This is happening. It is fully documented. And this particular colleague who who shared this story with me was she was documenting all these things that she was dealing with because she was she was well, way more qualified than her her boss, her skip level boss to do mm. the job she was doing. And um, she was being, you know, um, um, pigeonholed into this position. But anyway, she used all of that data and sued the company. Um, they tried to fire her and um, she 
said, this is a retaliatory firing. And by the way, I have documentation for this. Mm. And so she didn't, they didn't end up in court. There was a nice settlement. Um, but it is a testament to how we as black women protect ourselves from those experiences and how can, we can move on and be whole. Yeah. Whole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this. Good. I mean, I think this. This has been, and will continue to be. I mean, we could. We could have a part two and three. I know. On, <laughs> on on these kind of experiences, and you know, whereas we do get positive experience, professional experience working in corporate America, people need to know that there are things that are happening to us that are not highlighted, that are not being dealt with properly. And this is a platform where we're giving voice to those experiences. So people can at least um, know. I, I know that the people that are experiencing it know, but I want y'all to know that you're not the only one. That this is, you're not imagining what you're feeling. You, that anxiety that you have when you're getting up in the morning to go into the office or that cringe in your stomach when you have to have a meeting with that one person because you know that they're going to overly critique your work differently than your counterpart. You're not imagining it. It is real and they can be overcome. And like Melody said, we got a couple of choices. We're always talking, we're always coached to not quit, keep going. But sometimes being a quitter is it's what you thing. need to do. <laughs> Sometimes if the, if, the, if the environment has become too toxic and people are not allowing you to show up as your authentic self yeah. or demonstrating their appreciation for the value that you bring, it's time to go. And there are other better places for you to be and then engage in that self-care. Take your lunch away from your desk and from your computer. Take a walk. Um, work out, eat healthy. And, and and another negotiating point, when you're going in the door, tell them about your work-life balance expectations. Oh, I typically don't answer emails past so-and-so um, unless it's a dire emergency that you're going to have to text me and tell me to look at the emails because I ain't looking at them. Mm -hmm. so, so be clear about your boundaries yes. so that you can have regular, consistent self-care because Black women, we need y'all around. Yeah. We need to be here. We need to share with other Black women how balanced, um, entrepreneurial, even as an employee in corporate America, how, how that can look in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it. We have tackled just a little bit of the topic of corporate PTSD. Thank you so much, Melody, for being oh with us today. Goodness. And Mo and Nikita, Oh my goodness. Thank you for doing this podcast. It is so needed um, to hear more Black women voices out there to um, have authentic views. Um, uh, and and this is a ministry right here. So, okay. so thank yeah. you for what you guys are doing. I'm going to sprinkle this out in the atmosphere. Um, Corporate Council Women of Color, maybe y'all can have us as panelists next year, brother. Let's claim that. Okay. We're going to have a black coffee with a side of candy, table side, fireside chat kind of conversation. Yeah. Lori, Lori put us on the program. Come on, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
All right, Mo, anything else you want to share before we end out? No, just, just Melody, just your quick 30-second elevator speech about what you do now. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, again, I am uh, the sole proprietor, uh, managing counsel, and consultant for Melody J. Henderson, attorney at law, LLC. We're a boutique law firm in Atlanta. We are a virtual firm, um, so we we got competitive rates, <laughs> um, but we provide transactional um, legal services to um, tech companies, uh, startups funded in high growth, um, as well as um, corporate legal departments um, in the areas of uh, media, marketing, entertainment, and then, of course, technology matters. So, yes, um, mm. I'm on LinkedIn um, under uh, Melody J. Henderson, ESQ, and a uh, website coming soon, MelodyHenderson.com. Awesome. Thank y'all for tuning in for another yes. episode of Black Coffee, Coffee with the Side of Canada. Yes, thank you, Melody. You can check us out on all of your streaming podcast sites and on this YouTube channel. So subscribe, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Black Coffee with the Side of Candor. Be sure to like, add, or follow this podcast on your streaming outlet of choice. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Black Coffee with a Side of Candor, for a visual podcast experience. Catch you next time.